You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Here with you all on this Monday. I want to scream because the Pelicans have won eight straight games, including a dominant win uh, last night over the Dallas Mavericks. However, my girlfriend was sick, which means I am now sick, and screaming would be absolutely terrible for my voice because I do not want to miss a podcast this week because I can't talk because... Again, eight straight freaking wins. This is fun. So today's podcast, we're going to recap the game over the Dallas Mavericks, who played well, basically everybody. Talk about that one. And then we're going to talk about some of the things with the streak. Going to just be a little bit of a shorter edition of the pod today. Talk about some of the stats, who's playing well. I'm going to try and write a lot this week because I am freaking fired up, as you guys should be, over your New Orleans Pelicans. Again, eight straight in a row, 10 games over 500. As of now, when I'm recording this, was actually Monday morning early. Woke up for you guys. I'm pulling up the standings because things are so tight in the Western Conference that you can basically not play a game and then jump up or down depending on what happens. Pelicans are in fourth. That's where I thought they were. Uh, but they've been all over the place this weekend again without playing. So we got, let's recap the game. Let's talk about how well this team's playing on the streak. Maybe what's changed. Has a light switch gone off? Something like that. We'll cover it all and more in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So last night's win over the Dallas Mavericks, a 126-109 victory for the New Orleans Pelicans, where they led by as many as 20, was a very good victory. One, it kept the eight-game winning streak alive. But two, it's also the first time in franchise history that they won both road regular season contests against Dallas. First time ever, that's according to the Pelicans PR Twitter. That's impressive I don't know how else you say that like just good for this team for kind of doing something like that it's a bit of a division rival a team I know a lot of people dislike so to go out and beat them and then beat them both times on the road is a very nice thing to see but going back to the game this was a fairly dominant performance from the Pelicans where basically everyone contributed um, in some positive capacity. Drew Holiday led the team 30 points, 7 assists, 3 rebounds, but was just aggressive and attacking from the start. And this is what you want to see out of him. He was 12 of 19 from the field. He was only 2 of 3 from deep. I say only as in it's only 3 attempts. His 3-point shot has seemed to have attempts has started to drop as he's been attacking more in the wake of the DeMarcus Cousins absence and I think that's exactly what we wanted to see out of him he does so much better when he's driving and scoring that way and trying to break down the defense than just being a spot-up three-point shooter and trying to dish and dry and assist and do things like that and keep the ball movement going Holiday, when he's aggressive like this, is who you want him to be. And he was playing less effectively out there with DeMarcus Cousins for the most part, though over the final month of January, they were playing well together. But big game for him tonight led the team in points. Then you had Anthony Davis, of course, doing his Anthony Davis things. When 23-13 and 13 is a quiet night from you, 
that's it. I, that says all you need to say about his play during the streak. Again, for the first what six games, he was averaging forty-one and over forty-one points, something like that, during that run. It was unbelievable. It just does the work he needs to do right now. Uh, Emeka Okafor did not play. Was out uh, with an injury. He was downgraded from probable to questionable. Didn't end up starting, and it was okay. I think they realized there's no real big bodies on the Mavericks that you needed him in there for. There was no one that was really going to shut down Anthony Davis or that Davis was going to have to do a lot of work against on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Dwight Powell doesn't really scare you offensively. Nerlens Noel, talk about a dude who turned down $70 million guaranteed to bet on himself, and maybe that actually wasn't the right bet. You got to like people that do, you know, Shea Serrano, shoot your shot, kind of take a chance on yourself. That was probably a mistake, I think, at this point. So Davis just quiet night, did his thing, fairly pedestrian for him, good for any other player. Nikola Mirotich was second in the team in points, 24 points. He made six three-pointers, six of 10 on the night. Kind of broken out of that shooting slump uh, that he's been in a little bit. My God, does that dude look like Andrew Luck so much. It kind of freaks me out. He was 8 of 15 on the night. Again, 6 of 11 for three. Grabbed five boards. He just does little things that are kind of, Good. And it's nice to see now that his shot started to fall in this game, and hopefully he can continue that. He played 31 minutes. He's better in that 25-minute range, and I think you're kind of seeing him maybe hit the sweet spot of where he needs to be. Basically, the, most of the team got a lot of rest. Anthony Davis played only 36 and a half minutes, which for him, pretty low, which is good because they need to get all the rest they can because that stretch in March is coming right on up where things are going to be brutal. We also got to mention Czech Diallo off the bench. In the absence of minutes for Mecca Okafor, Diallo played 23. He was 6 of 9 from the field for 13 points. That's awesome. And grabbed 15 rebounds while also only having two turnovers and just two fouls. The fouling's been the biggest thing that's really been holding him back. You can't play him at times because he goes out there and he just fouls and he just kills the team that way. Hurts you on defense. It keeps it so that he can't really stay in because of those fouls. Though I guess you could really just keep him in there to foul out because who cares? Um, but that's been the big issue is the fouling. And I think that's why the coaching staff hasn't been trusting him as much as we'd like to see. And we haven't been able to get as much development out of him um, over these two seasons because of those issues, particularly this season when he's been here with the team and not in the G League. However, he's starting to play significantly better as the season's gone on, and we'll probably spend a day, uh, part of an episode this week, talking a little bit more about him when I do some dives on his film and different things. But again, to see a, um, where'd it go? 13.15 rebound game from him shows you really what he can do. Six of nine, basically on that like restricted area paint section is great. That's what you want to see out of this guy. Just rebound and score close. And if you can defend and not foul, you can definitely be an asset to this team. Worth noting, he was only plus four, not some of the big plus minus that you see on the team from some of the starters, but the bench held their own in this game when Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday were out. That's important to not just get burned when one of them or both of them is on the bench and then they have to come in and do work is okay just keep a lead you can get it have it be chipped away but just don't give up a big run there was actually a point late in the third of this one where the uh, Dallas Mavericks I think fired off something like a 14-0 run 
uh, and really trim that deficit from 18 points to just four points. But the Pelicans take a timeout. You throw the starters back in there because you've gotten them enough rest. And then you end this game where the Pelicans went back out and then went on a 10-0 run themselves after that, basically swinging the game back in their favor, closing the door on this. And it's exactly what you've wanted to see from this team. 12 turnovers on the night, also a good thing. Uh, New Orleans almost got up to 60 points in the paint. That's been a bit of a magic number on the stretch form. They've been averaging 62, I believe, uh, on the eight-game winning streak. They scored just, just 56, so they're pretty close by to do it. For Dallas, no one really stood out. Dennis Smith Jr. did his thing, but he was 0 of 3 from deep. Scored 23 points. The Pelicans do have a little bit of trouble with dribble penetration, containing guys, not allowing them any uh, uh, perimeter players, guards, to get in the paint and score on them that way. Holiday helps. Rondo's been okay, but you can still kind of get burned by some of the quicker more athletic guards in the league, I think is really what we've seen here. Dirk did his Dirk things. It's nice to see kind of vintage performances from him. 23 points, 3 of 5 on the night from deep as well. Harrison Barnes scored 18 for the Dallas Mavericks in 31 minutes. 6 of 16, so not an efficient night from him. Not that he's an efficient player anyway. But it's good to see that the you know opponent's best uh, wing player, that, that small forward spot, isn't going out and just lighting it up against this team. Makes you feel kind of good. Um, about the performances from Darius Miller, Etwan Moore. Both guys didn't have good shooting nights, um, really. Moore scored seven points, but was just three of seven, 0 of two from deep. Uh, Darius Miller didn't score at all, but was a plus five in his time out on the court. He was 0 for two. You saw Ian Clark get in on the action, nine points as well. And then Walter Lemon Jr., who signed his second 10-day contract with the team, had his best game as a Pelican, as a pro. It was 2 of 4, 1 of 1 from deep for 6 total points, um, along with a rebound and an assist. And you haven't seen much from him. His shot is wonky as all hell and doesn't look good. Uh, but he's out there trying, which I guess is a good thing to see from the guy. So we're only going to do two segments here today. So before we hit the second one, make sure you subscribe to Locked On NBA. I'm going to be pushing this probably every podcast from here on out. Five days a week, I co-host the Wednesday edition where we'll recap all the action from the night before, talk about the biggest storylines in the NBA, and then preview that night's uh, Wednesday's upcoming games. The Pelicans have a big one Tuesday night against the Clippers. Real playoff implications there, potentially. So we're most definitely going to be talking about that one in depth on Wednesday's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So you'll notice I didn't mention Rajon Rondo in the last segment, and I wanted to save him for this. I want to talk a little bit about some of the guys who have played really well on the streak, just some of the stats and numbers from this team during that stretch. We've given Rajon Rondo a lot of flack, and again, deservedly so at times, because there's been periods where he's very much unplayable for this team, where he doesn't care, doesn't try on defense, what have you. Those are very real things, despite the way his fans will come at you and <laughs> talk to you and treat you when you bring those up. And I've maybe, you know, pushed this more than others when I have my Pelicans meter of where are you on there? Should you get emotionally invested into the Pelicans? Where one of the things near the red is I know Rajon Rondo isn't good anymore. Well, that's not, it's, look, it's a joke. It's tongue in cheek. I think everyone knows that. But Rondo put up a near triple-double last night against the Dallas Mavericks. He shot 5 of 7 on the night for 14 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds. And he did that in 32 minutes. Now notice, of all the starters, he had the lowest plus-minus of just a plus-minus of 1. But goes to show you that he is putting up numbers and playing well. During this 8-game winning streak, Rondo's been averaging 11.3 points, 
10 assists and 6.4 rebounds during this period. Um, and he has looked pretty good. He's not there defensively like you'd want him to be. He still has maybe a few too many turnovers that you'd like to see kind of cut out. Don't forget, there's been some costly late game ones, but, you know, bad inbounds, throwing the ball away when the Pelicans are up. Uh, this all happened against the Bucks. Uh, not what you want to see. And it's been costly, and those turnovers could have lost the team the game at times. However, um, he's playing well, and he's got to be given credit, and that's why I wanted to take the moment here to just focus on that. I went two of three from deep. He's been shooting well on the season, kind of, for him. Again, not large volume, and teams do leave him wide open on the perimeter, daring him to make that shot. But if you make them... And, you know, make him on occasion. He's shooting 35% from deep. He's making under an attempt per game, goes to show you. You know, it can be okay when he's not making them or he doesn't feel comf uh, confident in his shot. That's when things can really hurt you if you're the Pelicans. So some other numbers and things from this streak, because this has been an exceptionally impressive period from the Pels. Eight in a row, particularly without DeMarcus Cousins in the wake of that injury, has been absolutely outstanding. Pels are the first team to win eight games in a row while scoring 115 or more points in all eight games in a single season since the 84-85 Lakers, who did it in 10 straight games. That's from Stats by Stats, Inc., uh, and one of the more impressive things we've seen from this team. Again, 115 points or more in all eight contests during this stretch. They've actually done a little bit better than that. They've scored, I believe, it's 120 or more in seven out of the eight, with the low one being something like 118 or 115. I forget the exact number. Silly impressive from the offense. We know the offense was good with DeMarcus Cousins. It has hit another level right now. Now, this isn't to say the team's better without DeMarcus Cousins. That's a debate we can have for another day, though potentially a very stupid one. Um, so you see this team playing well, really playing a way that the Alvin Gentry and Dell Demps have kind of envisioned, uh, and I've been giving him a lot of credit during this time as well. Drew Holiday, during the Pelicans' eight-game winning streak, 25.9 points, 7.5 assists, 4.9 rebound, <laughs> rebounds, and he's shooting over 55% from the field. He's cut down on some of those three-pointers that it looks like he takes a little too early in the shot clock a little too often, and he's been playing good basketball. There's more space down below the basket for him to drive to now that DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis aren't there. We've seen that be an issue for him when both were on the court driving and the turnovers kind of came from that. However, now he's got some more space. He can drive and he can attack. And he was also doing this with DeMarcus Cousins out there during the month of January. So again, I don't think this is one of those situations where you want to say the team's better without DeMarcus Cousins. But Holiday is certainly lighting it up, playing some of the best basketball of his career, if not the actual best basketball of his career. And it's coming at a time where the Pelicans really need it. I've been on the radio a bunch the past couple of days, weeks, and this past, yesterday it was on WWL Radio with Christian Garrick, who maybe is going to become the Pelicans play-by-play, or not Pelicans, Saints, play-by-play -play guy for WWL Radio. Uh, and, you know, I said one of the things that's been most impressive about him is him not just shutting down opponents defensively, but how he gets into the Pelicans into their offense after that. It starts on the defensive side of the ball with him, and we'll talk about some of the defensive stuff and numbers and dive into that a little bit deeper later when hopefully I've had today to rest my voice. Um, but 
he's really been doing this on the defensive side of the ball and setting the tone for this team. They feed off each other's energy. We've seen that. They feed off AD's energy. They've been feeding off Holiday's defensive energy too. And you're seeing that really translate as this team is getting significantly better on that side of the ball. Alvin Gentry said after the game on the Pelicans' eight-game winning streak, I just think the guys are playing with a lot of confidence. They're playing for each other. We're grinding and scraping and doing the things you have to do to try and win, especially when you're in the West. They are, and this is a different mentality than we've seen from this Pelicans team in a very, very long time. How many times would they have gone into this game on a seven-game winning streak? How many times? They wouldn't have had many seven-game winning streaks. But you go into this game overconfident, knowing you're a better team than them, and you don't play like it. You play down to the level of competition. We saw this happen against Dallas here in New Orleans, against Sacramento twice here in New Orleans. They didn't do that last night. They stepped on the gas, closed the game out, and just won. They were the better team from start to finish. Things got a little bit dicey, as they do in games. You're not going to just go wire to wire 20 points every single game. And then when that happened, when it got within four, the Pels just were like, okay, let's put our starters back in and let's close this out. And they did. You haven't seen this from this team in a very long time. They were down 17 against the Spurs. They were down 17 against the Bucks. You won two road overtime games. This team has never had this mentality in a very long time, and I think it's confidence. I think it's them realizing what the stakes are. Again, playing for each other, you had to figure there was going to kind of be an upswing where, okay, let's go win one for DeMarcus, and they're going out and doing all of that right now, and they're fixing the things that have been problems all year long. That's the biggest sign to me that this team's finally getting it. And you've got Rajon Rondo playing at a high level ever since Alvin Gentry threw him on the bench, then started him the next game. And I know you can say maybe it was for lineup reasons you wanted more defense with Liggins or what have you. If that was just to send a message, and maybe it wasn't, who knows, it was a great move because it is certainly paying dividends. That's how coaches get evaluated. You win, and then you got to make changes and things that pay off, and that's happening right now. This is some of the best basketball we've seen from this New Orleans franchise. Maybe ever is how good they're playing. And they're going to need to keep playing like this. The schedule gets rough. There's going to be a lack of rest. These guys have been playing high minutes. And you're going to have just multiple games in a row where who knows what's going to happen. There are concerns coming up. Just because they're fourth in the West today does not mean they're going to be fourth in the West tomorrow. We've seen it where this weekend they went from fifth to seventh, then back to fourth, while only playing one game things can change on a dime here and they very well might so this Falcons team needs to keep this mindset but this was kind of a big just question mark game for that are they there mentally my god it looks like they are there mentally something we haven't seen before and the mentality they need to have right now so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Pretty good considering I could barely talk when I first started this. Uh, so happy about that. Enjoy the eight-game winning streak. Pels take on the Clippers tomorrow. We'll preview that game. That is a big one. I believe it's a TNT game too. Uh, so it'll be on TV no matter where you are. And if there's anything else you want to know, let me or want to hear on the podcast this week, let me know on Twitter. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.